Welcome to On Living, the Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Have you ever asked yourself what it means to be human? What does it mean to be fully alive? What does it take to love, to really connect with another human being? How do we fully engage with and honor the humanity in us? It's time to really talk, listen to, and connect with one another. Come join in the conversation with your host, Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Voice America. This is Leanne Nguyen um, joining you, inviting you in for another conversation about this business of living. Um, it's about two months now that we've been together, and I wonder how much of me you've come to know. I certainly have come to know um, a lot about you out there through the questions that you have sent to me. Now, I am trained as a clinical psychologist, in case you don't know, which means that my trade is in finding and working with pathology to look for what is wrong, <laughs> to understand where that dysfunctional thing comes from, what it is rooted in, and to apply tools and techniques to eliminate or repair that dysfunctional broken thing. Now, worse than being a psychologist, I spent about 20 years studying and training in psychoanalysis, which means that I try to reach for the deepest recesses of the human psyche. And I had the ambition to master the tools and techniques that would enable me to understand why people do what they do, consciously and unconsciously. And I believe that the language and practice of psychoanalysis, of psychotherapy, uh, would facilitate my connection with people. I also ended, I didn't realize much until much, much later in my career that I gravitated towards psychoanalysis because I wanted to be Jewish, <laughs> you know, for a displaced, dispossessed Asian who had to watch her people be dispersed all over the globe and who came of age in, in loss and incomprehension. Uh, trying to be Jewish was the bomb, the salvation. <clears throat> and oh, I also had to figure out my mother. So, psychoanalysis, there I came. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, now, what my academic and clinical training did was to give me a language, a grounding, a sense of mastery toward the things that were disordered and incomprehensible and irreparable and frightening and broken about the lives that I witnessed. I... Um, and also, you know, about the lives that were unfolding in me. As a child, I was introduced too young, too soon, to a series of events in my country and in my family that I did not have the emotional vocabulary or the intellectual scaffolding to process, to understand and take ownership of. And the way things go, if um, you don't understand or comprehend something, it owns you. So I went through adolescence and early adulthood grappling with the project of understanding so as to ground myself in reality and, and to gain mastery over the sense of not understanding, of not having control, of not belonging, and of being haunted and owned by history. Now, I want to share with you, as an aside, uh, a trade secret. This is the pathway of many shrinks. So beware of the choice and the hopes that made someone decide to study human beings. And certainly be aware, be curious and alert to the ambitions and wishes that that individual has about what she can offer you, her fellow human. When you go to see a psychologist, you should ask, how do you know what you know about the human psyche? Um, what do you understand about human nature? What price did you pay for that? And now, oh shrink, what are you willing to behold of the human condition? And what are you capable of recognizing in my wretched, beautiful, impossible to bear little existence? And what of yours are you capable of sharing with me? 
Anyway, after all these years of studying and treating people and reading reams of academic papers and being in airless conference rooms dissecting case studies, I at some point came to realize that there uh, there is an occupational hazard, that there is something wrong, frankly, with my field. We go into the dark. We know how to do that. We apply all of our intellectual might and emotional resourcefulness to understand human pathology. But in our training, we ignore the things about human creativity. We're good with darkness and sometimes ugliness, not so good with beauty. We're not so curious about Or I would even dare say that we do not know how to behold the sense of wonderment, of mystification about the beautiful, the incomprehensible beautiful things that humans often are capable of producing. We're not so good at urging people to catch the beauty of a person walking down the street for a fleeting second and learn how to let this beauty carry you forward into the day. We should but are not so good at hearing and beholding the tremors of joy and love when a person walks into our office and reads a love letter that she wrote to herself addressed to God. My professional training does not help me or pledge me to understand and cherish the looks on people's faces at the end of Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9. Try that and you will love people or what people look like, how they hold themselves when they watch the last five minutes you know, of the dance of Alan Ailey's revelations on the stage. In those moments when I witness art and man-made beauty, I don't understand. There's no word. I resist word also. Because in those moments when I witness something incomprehensibly beautiful made by people, and beautifully beyond intellectual comprehension, I want to resist word. I want to push away the reflexive straining toward intellectual grasp that my clinical and academic training has inculcated in me. Why? Because I feel that I would lose something important if I unpack and dissect and analyze it. I fear that there would be something obscene or corruptive in the reach for understanding, in the effort to understand and get under control this thing, whether it be this sound or or this twist and leap of the human body or this splash of color on the wall or this poem, this thing that comes from somewhere mysterious in another person, that something that feels divine and yet is rooted in and born by and owned by and offered by a mortal earthbound fellow human being. I want to understand, though, how we humans are capable of beauty, of art, not to cure it or to get it into order, but to behold it, to worship it better, and most of all, to protect it and to help me even more in the project of connecting with and loving my fellow human beings. So my guest today, that is the reason why today I want to talk to my guest. He's an artist. He makes art. He makes music. Now, by the way, music to me is the most instinctual or or, or instinctive form of art, is it not? Music, I think, is the first form of art that we humans practice in our life. When we first make music, when we say woo-woo, <laughs> you know, as babies, or when we sink into our mother's lullaby, there's something about music that touches our primitive brain, but that also pushes us toward the divine. Why do you think they play music in church? Something in music that recognizes our capacity for the transcendental and the universal. There are many tales, you know, about how playing music helped people survive horrible things such as the Holocaust or the killings during Pol Pot regime. Uh, Remember the cellist who plunked himself down in the marketplace of Sarajevo in the middle of the deadly siege in the early 1990s, I think? Now, after 
22 people were killed um, while they were waiting in line for food during the siege of Sarajevo, this musician decided to bring his cello out on the street and sat down in the middle of bombed out buildings every day at four o'clock and played every day for 22 days. That gesture, that offering changed the world. I believe that it saved the people also. It saved the soul of Sarajevo, of mankind for a brief moment. But then on the other hand, We have this other thing, for example, in Rwanda during the genocide, when the government, or at least the controlling authorities, would play classical music on the radio each time that a mass killing killing campaign would start. So we'd have these gorgeous sounds made by humans and played by humans that were used and played all over the country via the radio as men with machetes would descend and slaughter thousands of human beings. What do we make of this? What do we make of what we are capable of? Are we as a species mad? Or are we blessed and lesser children of some God? And when we make love, when we produce beauty, when we offer something from inside of ourselves to fellow human beings, And when we take inside of ourselves something from another fellow human being, whether it is a song, a smile, a piece of fruit, what is it that happens between us? Where does it come from? And where does it go? These are the things that I often want to ask Jay, who, as I said to you, is an artist. Um, Jay, welcome to the conversation. Thank you so much, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> when I refer to you as an artist, is that correct? Do you think yeah, of yourself as I an think, artist? Yeah, I think myself, not consciously, I think I think I, I think I have a, a thing, I believe that everybody's an artist. I believe that every individual walking, they're just not conscious of it or they choose not to turn that light on. Uh, I think I see art in everything. So it's hard for me to think of myself as just, I mean, I've worked at the craft of, of, of playing mm. music, writing. I love painting. I think there's an art in the way that you live your life. And I think, but music, as in, I loved all the points that you said, how, how music plays an important role, role in transcendence. And it does, and it's, and it's overlooked. And sometimes it, 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 there's music for all types of utilization. So it has all different functions in society, from religious, sacred, secular, you know. Uh, and so it's a very powerful medium. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the first thing that hits our ears. Like you said, when we're children, when we're, we're born, we hear things right off the bat. We feel the vibration. We hear our moms. We hear, so there's monolinguistics involved. You know, how mm-hmm. we hear words, how we, or language, uh, sound, and that's the beginning of, I believe, music. And everybody has the, that, that capacity to, to do that. I, I hear so many people saying things like, oh, I'm not musical, I'm not, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I've often thought, I said, no, it's not true. I, I've proven over and over again that everybody's musical to me, from working with children, from working with uh, uh, adults uh, and young children, dealing with adversities, I've had the... Uh, honor and pleasure of, I'm not a, a therapist or psychologist, but I, 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 I've Thank come God around to, <laughs> I know, no, but I, but, but, but music has given me an open understanding of something that I, you know, for my own, uh, adversities and things and challenges that I've had in my life, I, I was able to look at music from a different place. And, and as soon as I started working with others consciously, uh, bringing music to them or helping them to bring the music out of them or art, I was able to understand uh, more about how what role music plays and the music of life, as I call it. I've, I've quoted that a lot. You know, how how we are able to uh, bring healing within within sound with ourselves. And it's not some mystical, crazy, like, bowls. It's a very simple thing, you know, having to do with communication and how we deal uh, with music in our lives and sound in our lives because it, it, it you know I, I think it, it has many different 
functions in society, mm-hmm. just like you had said. But yes, mm-hmm. the, uh, I, 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 I am definitely an artist, but I'm not thinking of myself like, I'm an artist, you have to understand me, like I'm some weird human <laughs> being that has <laughs> special needs, because I'm, I, don't, I think that, that, that would be ridiculous and selfish for me to think that I'm any different than anybody else because I'm an artist. I always like oh. the stereotype, oh, he's an artist, you know, he's late, and I, I said, no, no. That used to be, well, that's not true. There are a lot of great artists that are, you know, I'm saying that I'm just breaking yeah. that stereotype. I believe that. Well, really well, I, I want to take, a, yeah. you know, when we get back from our first commercial break, I do want to revisit this point of paradox of, of being an artist. You know, on the one hand, you said, I'm not an artist. I'm just like everybody else. But on the no. other hand, you also yeah. say that there is something, there is something, this, this, this special light in us, in you, that makes us an artist. So there is that paradoxical yeah, there's a conscious, thing. There's a, there's um, a conscious now, decision. you know, I, you, I didn't realize uh, that you are a, a, a big deal because I know nothing about jazz and, and the world of saxophone. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I spoke to some people and I don't know if my listeners, you know, if all of them know about you. So uh, as we go into break, let me play, you know, an excerpt from uh, your most recent album before we go on break and then we come right back. Okay? Solid. Okay, great. Number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself. 
to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Jay, I heard so many different things, so many layers, and so many different sounds. What were you, what, what were you doing? What were you saying to us? Were you saying something? I, yeah, I, I was thinking. For for me, I after I had written it a while ago, as a it was a as a, I wanted to use the concepts of using something that's very recognizable as far as a melodic people in in, uh, in, in, in in music always uh, when they when they think of free jazz or uh, the concept of playing things specifically uh, open they think it has to be dark you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. minor sounding you know if people know what that means uh, and sad or you know I wanted to create something that a, a piece that's hopeful and I always hear that in, in a major movement you know so and then that with the elements of freedom in it, you know, which is why everybody's playing at the same time and, and there's layers, mm-hmm. but there's a strong melodic content to it, which leaves like a sonic imprint in your brain. You, you know, like when you visually see something uh, in light and then you turn around into a, an area that's dark and you see the imprint left on your, in your eyes, in your mind's eye, mm-hmm. you turn around and you see mm-hmm. the So that's what I was trying to create with audio in a way, but that's what I believe harmelodics, which is a concept that Ornette Coleman came up with years ago, came, you know, um, I, I believe that's part of it, you know, so uh, I love Bach, I love all these things, but more importantly, it was the sound that's within me, you know, and I want to catch the thing that you said, freedom in all the different instruments, right? And I heard also chaos. Maybe it's just my uneducated ears. But there was freedom yeah. and there was chaos. And yet, can I say it was, it was coordinated or, or there, was something, yes. there was something in communion within that yes. chaos? Yes, the sound of humanity. We are that thing, yeah. I think. I think. And, I, and that's why I always say to people when I play that piece, I'm like, this is the sound of humanity. You know, and somebody screamed back at me in Australia. They're like, the sound of procreation? I was like, yeah, of course, that too. And they loved it. They loved, you know, so it, it could be so many things to me. Yes, procreation. Why not? It's who we are and what we are. <laughs> so I wanted to, I was like, and they loved it, you know, the idea of it. So how, how did you, artists. Jay, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask this question about music but also you can take it about your life or your living as well. You know, how do you 
tune in to and behold the chaos and, you know, create this, this is harmonic, melodic thing that is shareable and comprehensible, oh, yeah. right, to people. Oh, it's really simple. I think melodies are Oh, please, simple, it's really simple. <laughs> no, it is, it is, because you, you, you seek the simplicity. That's, the, the chaos part uh, comes in and on its own. You don't have uh-huh. to, you know, life, there's so many things happening in life. But the chaos is, is inevitable. It's not that hard, but I studied a lot of, you know, you know, I can get technical about it musically, but I think the humanity part is the best thing for people to understand what I'm trying to say as opposed to speaking. Say more about simplicity. Clearly. Simplicity, yes. It's so, so there's a simplicity part, whether, whether it's my son coming up with a melody or, or something that you hear in the street, something that, you know, like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, you know, there's so many ways of playing mm-hmm. a very simple scale. Mm-hmm. In a very simple melodic way, uh, diatonic, which is you know what we're hearing, uh, and and you say uh, that and, you and, reach and, for that and you ground yourself in that. Yeah, you can. Anytime you do that, you 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 create uh, ambiguity within the chaos, and and that's why I think great art and great living is an acceptance of ambiguity of life. That's what makes things beautiful. The dynamics of life. I'm not saying. Things are perfect. I mean, right? you know, we all have chaos in our lives. It's easy mm-hmm. to focus mm-hmm. on that and get carried away by it emotionally, psychologically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, music has enabled me to find the safest place emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, to express that. And I've always found for me, music since I was a little boy, being a, 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 a now consciously a, a, like a, a place of solace and in a, a place of, 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 of love and safety in a place of, yeah, of security. Not another place, and it's inside. But then, of course, that is, is this in and of itself in ourselves, whether we're dancers, whether we're painters, musicians, you know. Uh, and I believe that that's, that's the center uh, of that piece of all great works, whether it's, you know, Matisse, whether it's, I, I believe that that's what makes it beautiful. You know, and, and that piece reminds me of that. It had that. The, the melody could be played by a child. You know, and it could be classical music. Uh, it could be, you know, I don't separate. I mean, I understand as an institution of classical music, I've played a lot of classical music and and uh, I believe that when I write a melody, I want it to be played in whatever genre it may hold. And now we're living in a time where technology is a big part of our our our, our voice as artists. And so sound now plays an, an amazing uh, part in our culture and time. You know, when Kendrick Lamar, great hip-hop artist and uh, poet, I don't want to even call it a genre, but him... Uh, coming from the black American experience, being able to put forth a very powerful message about humanity. Of course, beginning from his experience as a black man, you know, being able to win. And what, what is his message? Can you translate that for all of us here? His message is we need to work together and we need help, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and we need help to be better human beings. We're better than that. And this country has unfortunately done horrible things to humanity. Like all, you know, every, we, we talked about in the beginning, you talked about your hardships and, and, and all the challenges. And it's important. His message was to speak about that in our current times. Uh, you know, the difficulties when, uh, when our government takes a certain side and leaves another side, you know, things get off balance and people get hurt. When you're living mm-hmm. in this, I don't want to get political about it, but, uh, art, above all, expresses all those things. And mm-hmm. uh, we have to protect art at its own. It doesn't need a lot of protection from us in, in a way. I mean, I think the institutions need to be protected that they want to, but art in itself exists, you know. Uh, from, uh, so I believe that my music and my connection to music has become that more and more. The more I live, the, the, the more I play. The, um, you know, sometimes I wish I could, there were times when I could practice a lot and play flute and do everything I wanted to do, but now I have a family, I have a child and I have a wife, and, and there are all mm-hmm. these responsibilities that go to the music 
in my life. So every time I play, it's even more of a, an important thing. It's even more of a, of a reason. And I have to always uh, uh, acknowledge it as such. As an artist, you, you have to acknowledge. It's a conscious acknowledgement of it uh, constantly. And I think, I think the difference between, I think everybody's artistic and everybody's an artist, but the consciousness is what makes it different. You talked about the conscious mm-hmm. and unconscious, and I think the consciousness of saying, this is who I am, and this is what I have to do now, and accepting it, mm-hmm. and practicing the acceptance Yeah, of it well, I'm still thinking it. about what you said about ambiguity and chaos, that how, you know, it, it is so in, inherent in life, in, the, in our existence, and the challenge is how to stay in it, right, and, 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 yes. and navigate it. And make something and of it, it. without it. succumbing it. to it or negating it. Yeah, um, you are. We are and like so maybe that we're able to. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. Go ahead. Um, well, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about that's that could be a wonderful another definition of what it means, you know, to be an artist or to be an artful human being, you know, to stay yes, in that yes. place of ambiguity and reach for the purity, the simplicity, which takes a lot of discipline and commitment. Yeah, the discipline comes, and then but when you're when you're in, what's beautiful about music and dancing and all these things, it's, it's very immediate. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of art itself. It's very immediate. From the moment a dancer takes a pose or a musician plays a note, it is boom. It is on. Right. The message is clear as day, and it's very immediate to our ears. Right. You, recently, is, you recently um, took on a, a volunteer uh, job, right? You went into Rikers. You, you, you wanted to right. bring music to, uh, was it the juvenile prisoners there? Can can yeah, you say yeah, a little bit about what you observe, what you learned about this thing of becoming an artist, or not being yeah. able to be an artist when you worked with these well, uh, with these kids? Yeah, with me, I would go there because it's a, it's a truly humbling and enlightening experience. They are the artists. How I am, so? I'm, I'm a, I am a person that turn on that light. I'm not. I'm there. I'm not there to preach to to, to them about. They have music in them. That's my philosophy. So I go in there, mm-hmm. and the kids could be distracted. Sometimes I had all adversities at me. I, they had the TV on, and I couldn't get them into another room because of security reasons. Uh, but I've always seen it as an honor. I think. I think as an artist and as human beings, if we find ourselves caught up in ourselves, if we are not of use to others we get even more lost. And I think for me personally, being of use uh, makes me a better artist. Not because of my ego, because of that, because I'm doing something useful for somebody else. You know, uh, I think that... And the, it the feeds you, passion, right? Compassion. And that thing, that thing feeds yes. you in return. Yes. If I'm caught up in myself and I go there and I'm like, oh, and there's a young man who says, I'm looking at three years of life and, you know, some of them, they don't deserve it. The system is messed up. There's so many things. And I'm like, how can I be part of the solution that I seek? So my biggest thing is this year has been, in general, has been I have to make this place better because it's the right thing to do. How do I? How can I be of better use to the world around me, and not complain, but be a part of the solution, even a little bit, whether it's helping a little old lady cross the street. And I'm not saying this from any sort of altruistic better place, but. I try to practice that if, it's a, if it helps. But anyway, when I go into these places, uh, these, these young men come from a culture of hip-hop and gangs, and there's a culture there. So, uh, you know, there's a culture. Hip-hop is, uh, rap music comes, has art, it has dance, it has poetry, it speaks, and it speaks of, it tells stories. The way music has told stories from Africa to Asia, when somebody talks about the sun rising and, 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 and the beauty of love and the, the sadness of death, it's the same song. It's that one universe, that one song. It's universal, universe, one song. Mm-hmm. What and, do and, you and, see? And, and, Can you capture quickly what you see in these kids in prison when, you, when they make music? When they open themselves to it and offer well, you know, us the really, music, I have, it's funny. Uh, you know, I they I, I gave a guitar to a young man who never really played. Just played. I showed him a couple of chords, and I took out my piccolo flute, and I played the piccolo flute. And when he was playing, I showed him these chords. He's Latino, 
And man, it was just, he was in heaven playing it. Then there was a young man who I brought my alto saxophone with me and I said, and I brought different mouthpieces and I said, just play it, man. Don't, you know, this one kid was, this, the other kids were distracted watching a show uh, in the same room. It was really, uh, you know, chaos. And then in, in the midst of it, this small room, uh, this young man wanted to play my saxophone. I, I put a mouthpiece on, he goes out, and I washed it, he played it, and he focused on playing this scale. He never played it. And mm. at the end of the hour, he had played it, and he was vested. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, I didn't have to teach him. I told him where to put the fingers. I didn't, you know, I didn't tell him, hey, man, right. this is what you got. No. And you know what? There's the magic. It's his magic. It's their magic. And I, mm-hmm. and I am, I'm honored to witness it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they say, did they say, say honored, anything to you about when you said uh, goodbye yeah, to Well, them? no, they were just, you know, it was about them because that's where they're at. It's about them. And then, and then they walk away. And you know, what made me sad is I had my last session last week, and, and the, the budget was running out, and one of the young men was like, Jay, are you coming back next week? I said, I can't. Running out of money, and I just feel like visiting these young men now, you know. And um, mm-hmm. it's tough, you know. Uh, it just makes you... I think that if you don't feel and put yourself in a place where you're vulnerable and you become empathetic, perhaps while you're a therapist, if you don't put yourself in that place it's harder to be a better artist for me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. So for me, well, or a better, a better hurt, human being, this is alive. what I've been trying to say all throughout the shows, which is that you have to bring yourself there in that place of vulnerability and stay there in order to That's, receive, to be receptive to what other people have to offer I and think. in order to stay alive to yourself right. and others. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's funny because those are, that's people feel that many times when I've played, people are like, man, I needed to cry. I was in New Zealand and I played this concert and this woman came up to me. She was an activist, a very well-known politician, artist, and, uh, and there was a director of, uh, you remember that movie called uh, Once Were Warriors? No, yes. New uh-huh. Zealand director, yeah. Well, the director came up to me, him and his wife, mm-hmm. and she was crying in tears after I played this concert me and my friend really close friend of mine we played and says, man I so needed to cry you know and I heard that over and over and it wasn't anything that was intentional but I think when you vibrate and you play and you, that's that's something that happens you are open to that mm-hmm. you vibrate like that when you you know mm-hmm. you're open to you're open to that vulnerability and that creates a place mm-hmm. you know uh, it's, it's a simple feet. It's a simple phrase that I hear often, but now that I think about it, as you say it, it's um, the reverberations are profound, you know. I just needed to cry. I needed to, to reach for something and make something from within myself, right, to save myself. It happens to me all the time. I think I need to cry more, mm-hmm. too. I'm just saying it happens. Mm-hmm. You, know, I need, you know, I need it. I mean, uh, and sometimes you just... Uh, in this place and you let it happen. But you know, I don't think, I don't cry. see it. I don't hear it as literally crying. I hear the crying, the, the word crying as, as a code word for that's something that is very deep and very pure in us. And sometimes you know? the crying has nothing to do with hardship. Sometimes the right. crying is just like a, right. it's like a walk in the park for, you know, it's an important uh, function as a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think artists, able to do it but we're living sometimes unfortunately we're living in the heart and sometimes we're, we're not allowed to and that I can't I can't imagine it being that healthy uh, well people cry also of, of joy or most importantly of, joy, of gratitude yes. that's not much recognized yes. it's not yes. just grief or, or, or fear it happened, it's happened uh, we, have, me, we have to go times. on break now my dear Jay and yes. dear listeners yes. uh, let's just take a break now and we'll be back in a couple of minutes Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? 
Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world, across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. In fitness and health, we all deserve a second chance. Join host Michael Skog for the program, You Only Stronger. You always have the ability to start fresh, even if you slip up on your diet or fitness program. Even small steps taken throughout the day can help. Each show will conclude with weekly assignments that you can use and will want to hear your feedback. You Only Stronger airs live Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. The legend? It's an American Indian legend. During the times when 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 the American Indians were being slaughtered, if you ever read, people should read the book uh, "Buried Me at, Moon, at Wounded Knee." Mm-hmm. I read that when mm-hmm. I was like eleven or twelve, and uh, and it was really, you know, about the tragedy of American Indian in America, the country, you know. And then, uh, anyway, ghost ghost dancers were people. They they, they were about to the American Indians one. Chief told another told another individual that that if they danced a certain way, they would be protected against the uh, against the armies that were coming to slaughter their villages. Mm. Mm-hmm. And ghost dancer, and that they would that the time would come when they would be overcome. So it's mm-hmm. in the midst of traumatic, the midst of in the midst of 
tragic, traumatizing adversity, the mm-hmm. human spirit believes uh, in the most beautiful, hopeful thing. So the ghost dancers would ghost dance in front of the bullets, in front of the things being shot at them. Of course, they died and they were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. But this was mm-hmm. what somebody came up with. There was so much tragedy. So it's about hope. Again, the ambiguity of life and the sadness. You know, I wanted to make sure that people understood the history of our country. Uh, and Ghost Dancer reminded me of that. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. of a hope, of a march in our, the, in our lives. The, and it's the not, idea... It's not to be said, like, you know, revolutionary. It's easy to be a revolutionary today. Just walk down the street. Things are so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have mm-hmm. to do anything, you know. But anyway, Ghost Dancer happens to, to be about that. That first, it's a long suite. It's the first part of that suite, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you said the idea and, uh, is that if you dance in this way, it would keep at bay the slaughter. And keep, I think yeah, that in a way... When, you were the, when the warriors, when the warriors would go fight against the uh, army, uh-huh. they were there to slaughter their, their, their people. Right. right. Uh, well, they, even they now, right, we, we've been talking about the chaos um, and, and ruthlessness of, of life, of, of contemporary life also. In a way, we can say that we still try to keep the slaughter at bay. Uh, from your vantage point uh, as, uh, as an artist or also as a man or as a father and a husband, what do you see as the thing that we all are trying to keep at bay? What is the dance that we are in to keep the slaughter at bay? Well, I think slaughter at bay, but I think uh, the dance that we do is to to be the best, at least for me personally, I can't speak for everybody, for me personally, it's to to uh, try to be, to live up to the highest human being that I can so that my son can follow in my footsteps and so I can be a powerful example to others around me. And there, you know, uh, I have a powerful example. My 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 brother and Reverend who, and, and Reverend who actually the band leader who I'm working with, Craig Harris, really great composer and uh, artist. So I have the pleasure of working with for many years. Uh, he 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 reminds me of that, you know, uh, of being that. And I think if you surround yourself with people in that direction of openness and compassion which is a hard thing to do because we have to work together but know where you stand in, in, the, uh, in, in, in the midst of everything. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people that may not be the best thing for us. Especially when it comes to music and the business of music. I remember you had individuals talking about this is the business of you know, music is a business. Yes, there's a side of it. But I find that life, my big message for me is that my life is number one and that music is an ex- is an expression of my life and not the other way around. That music in and of itself, by itself, about itself, for me personally, does not speak to me. You know, uh, so, um, but anyway, but yeah, I, I find that the, that the challenge is to uh, practice compassion. You know, the standard things that we keep on hearing, you know, uh, being able to say you're sorry when you, when you really find out <laughs> that, you, right. that you, you know, that you may have messed up and it's okay and kind of bite the bullet. And I think practicing mm-hmm. those basic human principles, uh, for me, really helped me to deal with it. And then, of course, playing music. What an honor to be able to do it for a living. Uh, yeah. And so sometimes having challenging people around you is an opportunity to practice it. You know, uh, and it's, and then, you know, Jesus, it's so hard. And even like recently, I, I, I've been performing with uh, a specific group of artists, and I work with them a lot, and I went on the road and did and recently I, I didn't have such a great experience like last week with them and then funny because yesterday they asked me Jay would you come with us on tour for this and I said no respectfully you know so I don't put myself in a place of hurt or a place where I can be a victim I, it's also my 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 doing as mm-hmm. an artist is sometimes mm-hmm. to put yourself in a place and I think as a soloist and as an artist that has a responsibility to my to my vision which is something that comes with time. Some people get it quickly, but I'm glad it's taken me uh, as long as it has to acknowledge myself as an artist and as somebody with a message that's important, not just to me, but to others, and to consciously realize that I'm a human being that has good intentions and that makes mistakes 
and that can grow from mistakes and that really loves humanity and people around them and that I should practice those principles at home as much as I practice them in my individual learning as a musician, as an artist. Uh, those are the things that help mm-hmm. me to overcome those other challenges. Uh, and you that's, know, volunteering that's what you're saying. When, yeah, vo- volunteering when I really don't have the time. Like, I'm volunteering to play piano for my, my son's school, fifth grade. He's not graduating, but I'm a music teacher couldn't do it, and people didn't step up to play piano. I'm not even a mm-hmm. piano player. I play okay, but I stepped up, and the kids are counting on me to play four or five songs, Ode to Joy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> talked about uh, Jay, we, there you I go. just want to, sum, I want to catch this to summarize this before we have to take leave of each other and, and our listeners. Yes. You, the dance for yourself, for your living that you're describing, is the dance that would allow you to, to be human, to hold on to your humanity and to excel yes. at it in a way. Yes. And you are you saying that that you see that as the dance that that we all around you are engaged in to keep at bay you know the slaughter of of dehumanization of of hopelessness? I do. I see. I see that individuals do it consciously or unconsciously, and but I think we need to work harder uh, to help those who are really having a harder time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, we're, we're not right. doing enough. We're not doing enough. Anyway, but I mean, but that's a practice. We're all in situations where we can be of use. Helping a little old lady across the street. We live in New York. There are no elevators. Well, it's just so hard. <laughs> Jay, well, thank you for for taking the time out the of your busy life. rehearsal schedule to uh, to talk to me to 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 us. And next week, you know, we will continue this conversation with another person, another artist of a kind, um, a, a teacher, a, a, a third grade teacher, uh, who will give me a chance to talk with her about what she tries to do uh, with the little human beings um, that that are growing amidst us. All right, everyone, take good care, be good human beings, and be well-loved. Speak to you next week. Thank you for tuning to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human. Please join Dr. Leanne Nguyen again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And enjoy being alive.